0: Let's get right into the word. Today I want to conclude a series that I began entitled The T in the Road. And uh, in this series we've been discussing those intersections in life that are represented by the T words like testings and trials. And last week we talked about temptations. And today I want to conclude this by talking about tribulations. Tribulations is one of those uh, things that we are all going to experience, and it's kind of like if I were to say, uh, "To what, what's a good place that people like to go?" Bonanza Freeze. I would say, "If you, how do I get to Bonanza Freeze from here?" I would say you go down Iron Street, and where am I at here? Am I right? Is it that way? Okay, thank you. So I, you go down Iron Street, and you take a right on Montana, and then a little while, a little bit down the road, you come right up on Bonanza Freeze and you have all the ice cream you want in the world. Now the thing about what I, the direction I gave you is whether you turn right or left, it's all Montana. Tribulation is like that. You're not going to avoid it. When you come to tribulation, any way you go, it's Tribulation Way. It's Tribulation Street. And today I want to talk about this idea that when we come to Tribulation Way, or to times of tribulation, and if you have your Bibles, you can open there, or the, the words will come up on the screen to kind of get us going. And while you're turning there or getting prepared, uh, I just want to say that I think, and, and we've already had the Word of the Spirit And a couple of different words that came to us to kind of remind us that these are troubling times. Things are happening around us. We have some prophetic voices um, that I've been told. I haven't heard these for myself, but I've been told that there are some people that are describing that we are coming into a season where it's going to get pretty intense. Things are going to be heating up, and, and we all know tribulation from time to time in our life. But, but we not only have personal kind of individual tribulations and troubles that we all go through, but also there are seasons of tribulation that the church, I think, goes through in times. And, uh, and so we're going to be talking about this because I think God is preparing us for something that's coming. We're coming up on tribulation way, and no matter which way you go, it's all tribulation. And so we can't avoid it. But how do we navigate it? What do we do? How do we take the turn? And so that's what I want to talk about. To start this, I want to look at some of Paul's words in First Thessalonians chapter 3. Paul is writing and he says, Therefore, when we could no longer endure it, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone and sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith that no one should be shaken by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. For in fact, we told you before when we were with you that we would suffer tribulation just as it has happened, and you know. For this reason, when I could no longer endure it, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter had tempted you and our labor might be in vain. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and brought us good news of your faith and love, and that you always, everybody say always, and that you always have good remembrance of us, greatly desiring to see us as we to see you. Therefore, brethren, in our affliction and distress, we were comforted concerning you by your faith. For now we live. If you stand fast in the Lord. Would you read that last verse with me? For now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. Lord, thank you for meeting with us here today already. We love your presence. We need to hear from you now. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to speak and to exhort us and encourage us in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. Now, in the Bible, there is tribulation in a general sense, times of trouble, tough times, times of great difficulty that we all come to. And there is what is called the Great Tribulation. The Great Tribulation refers prophetically to a seven-year time period where there's going to be an outpouring on this earth like the world has never seen before. And uh, that's not the tribulation we're talking about here today. We're talking about the tribulation, not that is coming in the seven-year period, but the tribulation that's common to all of us. The stuff that we go through, the intense times of difficulty in the age in which we live. And uh, what is this tribulation that we're talking about? Tribulation from the dictionary, from Merriam's Webster's Dictionary, says that Tribulation is great trouble, distress, suffering from oppression or persecution. That's the definition. The Greek word in the Bible that's used for tribulation is philipsis. And that word means a pressing or a pressure, a squeezing or an oppression or affliction. So out of the 30 times the New Testament refers to tribulations, nine of them refer to the great tribulation. The rest talk about the pressing, the oppressive afflictions and the suffering, the difficult, intense times that we go through in our life. And these things, in the context of these 30 references, or 21 references rather, that refer to that, you see words like, things like this, chains imprisonment, persecution, suffering, conflicts, reproaches, exile. Pretty tough stuff. Stuff we don't really think about, we don't want to think about, stuff we don't want to, you know, hope we don't have to see, and I don't hope to see it myself, but it's in the Bible. And it's there. And I was thinking about this little series, you know, i talked about The first week we talked about tests, and we concluded from that that tests are what God may lead us through to bring out the best in us. And then temptations are what the devil does to bring out the worst in us. And uh, the word tribulation in classical Greek, I forgot to tell you this, but let me just go ahead and stop right here and tell you, the word pressing, oppression, squeezing is the same word they used when they were talking about the process of extracting juice from grapes, when they would press the grapes and stomp on them and squeeze them. And so I was thinking about that and I thought, you know, tribulation is those evil circumstances that bring out the wine in us. How do you like that? And I don't mean the whining. I mean the good stuff. Amen. Turn to somebody and tell them, I I think the squeeze is on. Go ahead and tell them that. Well, this is what the church at Thessalonica was facing. They were in in a time of great stress and pressure. And the thing is, is that these were newly formed believers, and Paul was very concerned for them. He was concerned that they were going to give, give out under the pressure because they were so new to the faith. And of course, he was delighted to learn that they were not only sticking with Jesus, but they were pressing on through the difficulty. And in the, just the sh- few short weeks that he was there, he had even taught them that we are going to go through tribulations. We're going to go through hardship. We're going to go through persecution. We're going to face things... In the the spirit of the age that we live in that are hard, they're difficult, but we can't give up. We're going to come out on top. We're going to come out triumphant. We're going to get the victory, but we can't tuck tail and run. Got to hang in there. And so today I want to talk about this idea of standing fast because that's what Paul said. Our hearts were encouraged to learn that you were standing fast. In the tribulation. And so today I want to talk about what it looks like to stand fast. And uh, as I was learning from the scriptures and going back over them this week, I think there are some nuggets of truth for us to help us to learn how to be triumphant in tribulation, in times of trouble. When you come to times of tribulation, number one, these are all in the letter of P. This is in the key of P. So, number one. We need to receive Christ's peace in the tribulation or for the tribulation. Look at what Jesus says here. John 16, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I, will, I have overcome the world. Can I get a good amen out there. Come on, isn't that a good word? Now I want you, Sherry, if you go back to the first part, I want you to see something about this verse. In John 16, go back to the first part if you would. Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you, that in me, read, read that phrase, you may have peace. You may have peace. Jesus said, you may have have peace. But now look at what he says. In the world, you will, there it is, you will have tribulation. So what Jesus promised in this verse of scripture, I'm promising you this, you will have tribulation. But in the tribulation, you may have peace. Now you, the peace isn't just an automatic. The peace is an offer. The peace is available. But that doesn't mean just because Jesus makes it available to us that we are always living and walking in peace. So he says, you can have peace because you are going to have tribulation. So the choice is really up to you and I. Are we going to walk in the peace of Jesus? Are we going to walk in the peace of God in times of stress, in times of great trouble? Or are our spirits going to get angry and angst and fearful and full of anxiety to where we shut down and pull away? We can't make it through difficult times and through the pressures of society that we're all facing right now without the peace of God governing our spirit. We can't make it. There's no way. If you're new here today, I yell a lot. But I'm not mad. I just get excited. Now listen, we can either be at peace in Jesus, or we can be out of peace. The world is out of peace. The society around us is out of peace. When something doesn't go their way, they riot, they burn, they they rage, they war. But that's not how we respond, when things don't go our way, when things get out of, out of line with the truth. We don't rage, we don't get filled with fear and anxiety and feel like we have to take things by force in that way. We operate out of peace. We stay in the peace of Jesus. Jesus said, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world do I give unto you, not as the world gives do I give unto you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. A troubled and fearful heart is an anxious heart. It's not peace. Jesus said you can live in peace if you want to. It's available. It's offered. The promise is you are going to have tribulation. The the offer is you can have peace. Come on. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? This is why Paul, the choice is ours. Paul said in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, he says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Look at those words. Let the peace of God rule. Let it be in charge. Let it take charge of your emotions, of your thinking, of your spirit. Don't let the problems in the world that you're facing and the uncertainties of the crisis that you're going through rock you to the point where you get out of peace. No, let God's peace take charge. Let it rule. And the actual Greek word for rule literally means to umpire. Let the peace of God umpire in your life. Let the peace of God call the shots like, yeah, this is of God. No, this isn't of God. Call it safe or call it out. And you operate and you believe what God says. And you walk in accordance to his spirit. Amen. Come on. How many need that peace today? We all need that peace. We need to let the peace of God rule. How do we receive Christ's peace? Let me just give you a couple of simple ideas. It won't come up on the screen. But just some ideas to help us to, to live, to receive the peace that Jesus offers today. Number one. Talk to God. Talk to Him. Talk to the Lord about what you're facing. Here's what Paul said in Philippians 4, 6 and 7. He said, be anxious for nothing, but in in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Let it be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. He says, don't be anxious. Don't be troubled. Don't be upset. When things start to rise up in your spirit and you don't like what you're seeing, feeling, or hearing, talk to God. Take it to the Lord. And he says, when you give it over to God in a spirit of thanksgiving, not in a spirit of grumbling, but in a spirit of thanksgiving, he said, the peace of God will just settle on your spirit. Hallelujah. Come on. Talk to the Lord. Listen, if we can't clam up, shut down, or turn a cold shoulder to the Lord, we're going to get more full of anxiety. We need to run to the Lord. Talk to him. Give it to him. Let him know, like, God, this, is, this, this junk is going on in my life. This stuff is going on in our world. And you can come out of that closet time with him, operating out of peace when all the world is raging around you. But you can be at peace. Praise God. Here's another way that we can receive God's peace. Not only talk to God, but think about what you're thinking about. Think about what you are thinking about. Paul said in Philippians 4.8, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. This is what we meditate on. This is what we set our mind on. See, this is how the peace of Jesus or the peace of God rules in our heart. We talk to God about our problems, but we also train our mind to dwell on the truth of God's word, not on the fake news or the false lies or all of the stuff that's out there in the world. So we think the opposite of all that we're experiencing and seeing. We have to think opposite thoughts. There's a lot of lies out there. We dwell on the truth. There's a lot of base immorality out there. We think on things that are noble. Amen. Amen. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Is this doing anything for anybody? We're never going to make it through the difficult time that's coming or has come. Or maybe we're already here like, tribulation's coming. What about the one I'm in right now? Well, the one you're in right now, you can either be at peace or be out of peace. Choice is yours. How do I get into the peace? Talk to God. Don't clam up. Don't turn God a cold shoulder. Don't get mad at God. He said it's coming. He said this would happen. Train your brain to think on God's word, God's truth. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Praise God. Here's another principle, I think, from Scripture, how to, how to navigate tribulation in our life. Number two, we need to resolve to persevere through the tribulation. Turn to somebody and say, "It's we've got to go through. Go ahead and tell them, we got to go through it. Oh, nobody's doing that. Tell somebody right next to you, you're going through, amen. I won't make you do that anymore. Resolve to persevere through the tribulation. I would love to circumvent it. I would love to avoid it. I would love for it not to happen. But that's never going to be the reality. I have to determine now, today, and every day of my life that I'm going through this. Whatever comes, we're going through it. And here's what Paul said in Romans 5, verses 3 and 4. He says, not only that, I don't like this part, but this is what it's in the Bible. He says, but we also glory in tribulation knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Andrew stood up here just a moment ago and talked about hope deferred makes the heart sick. Well, sometimes in the hope, we have to press through very difficult times. But in the process of persevering, it does something in us, it gives us, it it grows us, and it puts a go in us. And I know you don't like it, but it's the truth. But we don't get to that place without determining and resolving in our heart that we're going to persevere through this tribulation. Tribulation can either make you or break you. To persevere means to be steadfast under pressure. It's a word that talks about being deliberate and active, to being deliberately and actively patient when the going gets tough, that you just keep going, and you keep growing, and you just, you just, nothing stops you. That's what the word perseverance is. The word, as I said, talks about being patient under stress. I was thinking about this the other day, and, uh... There are two rooms that every one of us have to, We all of us need to go through. Two rooms. The wait room and the wait room. The wait room meaning the waiting room. Anybody here ever had to sit in a waiting room for a while? Spiritually speaking, we all are waiting for things. We all have to go through that, where we're waiting. But also, Some of us need to show up to the weight room, where the machines are, the workout place. Because the waiting room is where I'm patiently waiting for God's timing and God's plan to unfold in my life, but at the same time, I need to work out my faith and develop my endurance and grow my faith and grow my spirit in the Lord by continuing to press in, to show up, to serve, to love, to be who God called me to be. Because it gets tough doesn't mean I disappear and go on hiatus. Why, you guys are quiet today. are you? Have I offended you? So we need to persevere. And one of the ways that we persevere is to quit some things. The opposite of persevere is to quit. And I was looking at that and I thought, hmm, actually to persevere, there's some things we need to stop doing. There are some things that we need to quit right now in our life. Like... We need to quit complaining about life. Listen, if I'm going to go forward, one of the biggest drags to me, to my faith, is to complain about the way things are. I know I'm not the only one in the room has done a couple of complaining this week. Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless, harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights. He said, Okay, it's dark out there. I get it. I know it. Stop whining about it. That's what he's saying. Instead of, instead of complaining and murmuring, shine. It's dark out there. They need some light. We'll just become like them, whoever them is, but we're not called to be that. We're the light in the dark place. And what complaining does and what murmuring does about the things we're going through, the condition of our society, or the circumstance of our own life, all that does is sour our spirit and limit our potential in the Lord. That's all it does. It doesn't get us anywhere. And you're... You and I, I mean, I'm old enough now, I could say it, you know, it's like, well, it's not like it used to be. They're taking away our America. We're not really citizens of this world anyway. We're citizens of a different country. We're children of a different Lord. And I'm not, I'm not saying we just surrender. I'm just saying, let's stop complaining. Are you with me out there? Complaining is what the children of Israel did in their tribulation in the wilderness and many of them never made it out. They died there. They never made it out. Let's make it through. Amen? I want to make it through this thing. So if we're going to persevere, we need to quit complaining about life. And we also need to stop compromising our faith. James 4 and 4 says, and he's writing to Christians, and he said, Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. He's writing that to believers. And when he calls them adulterers and adulteresses, he's not referring to, he's not referring to the you know, people committing adultery in a marriage relationship. He's speaking spiritually. And he's saying, spiritually, what you're doing is you've compromised your vows to the Lord. You've compromised in who you are as children of God, and you've given yourself over to the spirit of the age because it got tough, because it got hard, because, you know, it was difficult. And the Bible does talk about the falling away and people falling away from the faith, and it it refers to people kind of just backing out under pressure. It's hard. It's difficult. The pressure's on. The squeeze is on. But we can't compromise who we are in the Lord Jesus. Because to become a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. We're not enemies of God. We're children of God. We belong to him. Amen. Jesus taught in the parable of the seed being sown in the ground. He said when it was sowed into the ground where there were rocks... At first, it sprung up, and it was excited, but because it had no depth when the sun came out, and the sun was referred to by Jesus as persecution and affliction, it withered up and dried. It didn't survive because it had no depth. And that's what happens to a lot of us where we don't drive our roots deeper into the presence of the Lord. We become, we be, become more susceptible to compromise under the heat in the heat of the moment. And what we experience, we dry up and wither. And I just want to encourage us to, to quit compromising our faith in Jesus Christ in the times in which we live, in the tribulation that we're facing. Remember the three Hebrew uh, children in the book of Daniel, when, when they would not bow their knee to the God of the age, they were saying that they were pressuring them, saying, you've got to bow your knee every time you hear this sound. You've got to bow down and worship. You've got to do what we say do. You've got to say what we say say. You've got to do it our way. And they said, we're not going to obey you. We've got to obey God. And They said, if you don't obey us, we're going to throw you into the furnace. And they said, whatever. Everybody say, whatever. <laughs> whatever. We're going to obey God. And you know, they were thrown into the furnace. They were thrown in, into the tribulation. They were already in tribulation. And it got hotter. And I think that's a word for us. It might get hotter around here. It might get more difficult around here. But the last thing we need to do is cow back now in, in the heat of the moment. We got to take our stand even stronger in the Lord Jesus, Right? we got to hold our ground, and we might be thrown into the fire. But I love the story because they said, when they looked in, they saw not three, but four. And the fourth was like the Son of Man walking around with them. And when they came out, here's what the Bible said. They didn't smell like smoke. They, not a hair on their head was singed. Their clothes were all intact. I'm just telling you right now, if we will stand our ground in the evil day, God is on our side. God is with us. He's with us. He's for us, and he's with us. We need to quit compromising our faith. Here's another one. We need to quit quitting. Stop that. Hang in there. Amen. I love what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. He says. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Hallelujah. It's tough, Paul says, but you know what we do? We just keep going. We get set back, we get knocked back, but we just kind of get up and keep going. We keep keep going after it. We're not going to stop now. We're not going to give up now. And here's the issue. It started this way, Sherry, if you can go back to the first part of that verse. He says, we had this treasure in earthen vessel. The earthen vessel he's talking about is you and me. We're just earthen vessel, but we have a treasure in us. And this treasure is the power of God. You are infused with God's presence which is the power of God on the inside of you. And so you get knocked down and you get pushed back. But you know what? You can just keep going. You don't have to give up. So, Stop quitting. Hang in there. Yield to this power on the inside of you instead of yielding to the problems that you're facing. Persevere. We are going to make it through this. Whatever this is, whatever it means for you, whatever's coming around the corner. But we've got to, first of all, receive the peace of Jesus to get through it. And we need to resolve that we're going to persevere, which means we need to quit some things. We talked about that. And then the final thought or idea that I want to bring to you today is the word purpose. We need to focus on our purpose in the tribulation and beyond the tribulation. You're gonna go through this. And I do mean you're going to go through it. Amen. Don't ever forget what this is all about. Can I just say to you right now something? You ready for this? This is not about you. This is about the Lord Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God and the will of God being done in the earth. You are a part of it. You are significant in it. You are important to it. But it's not about you and it's not about your personal life and your personal successes and your personal wants and desires and your feelings. It's about Jesus. Let me show you what I mean by that. Paul said, one of my favorite passages, Acts chapter 20. Verses 22 through 24, Paul says, And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. Stop right there. How would you like God to tell you something like that? I need to hear from God. What if he shows up and says, It's going to get tough. So Paul says, I don't know what's going to happen to me except the Spirit of God is telling me that chains and tribulation await me, verse 24, but none of these things move me, he said, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Paul said, this isn't about me. This is about the will of God in my life, for my life, and through my life. It's the same for you and me. So what Paul was doing was, he's like, the Lord's telling me tribulation's coming. You know what I'm doing? I'm staying focused on what my life is about. I don't like it any more than anybody else likes what's coming. But I know who I am. I know who called me, I know why I'm here, and that's where I'm going. Amen. Paul refused to be dissuaded or distracted from his purpose, no matter what the cost was in front of him. And the reason why Paul was able to stay the course, I believe, was because, first of all, he had a powerful encounter. He said, he said, I go bound in the Holy Spirit. I go bound in the Holy Spirit. I am bound by the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Church, the way that we get through this is not in our own power, but in a power that comes outside of ourselves. The reason why Paul was able to stay focused on the purpose that God had for him was that he had a powerful, count, a powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit in his life. And I just want to encourage everybody in this room, every day of your lives, ask the Lord to say, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Spirit today. Because we can't do this without the power that comes from on high. We need a fresh anointing and a fresh experience of the Holy Spirit. We need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit where we are just overcome and overwhelmed every time. Every person who gives their heart to Jesus Christ, the Bible said the Spirit of God comes on the inside of them and regenerates them and makes them a brand new person. And the the Spirit of God dwells on the inside of us. But there is an extra work of grace called the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that is available to all who believe. And we can receive this power. We need this power in our lives. And Paul said, I go bound in the Holy Spirit. That's the way I want to go into my problems. I want the Holy Spirit to just bind me all up and take me through it. Amen. So he not only had a powerful encounter the way, the way he kept focus and kept his focus on his purpose was not only a powerful encounter, but he had a positive attitude too. He had a positive attitude. Everybody say positive attitude. <laughs> Some of us really got a stink. We got stinking thinking. Come on. He said, Yeah, the Lord tells me it's going to get rough. But none of these things move me. I love what verse 24 says. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, that I may finish my race with, what's that word? Joy. Joy. That I may finish my race with joy. Now that's that's a good attitude in a tough situation. Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. Right? Neither let him be afraid. And then he said, in this world you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome. That's attitude. That's attitude. And I love what he said here. He said, I don't count my life dear to myself. The word count literally means to take into the hand. Take it into the hands. So Paul says, I am not going to take my own life in my own hands. My life isn't for me, about me. It's for him. Amen. So he not only had a powerful encounter and a positive attitude, but he had a personal commitment. He said, Paul said here in this word, he says, I have received a ministry from the Lord Jesus. Jesus gave me A ministry. Can I tell you? Jesus has a ministry for you today. He has given you something. It's a personal thing. And he wants you to make a personal commitment to that. To take the ministry that he's... Walk worthy of the calling, Paul said in Ephesians 4. Walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Everybody in this room needs to make a commitment... That the way that that no matter what goes on, I'm here for a purpose and I'm here for a reason and Jesus' hand is upon my life. He wants me. He's called me to this. Amen. There's no way that we're going to be able to get through this without peace of mind, perseverance of heart, and purpose of life. There's just no way. But we can get through it. Amen. We're going to get through it. I have a thought that I wanted to share with you guys here today. I have a little toy up here. The other day when I was thinking about this and uh, going over my message and going over some of these thoughts I had this picture in my head. Uh, Isaac who is up here, he's got three little children and one of the, his youngest is named uh, Bennett and uh, he he plays with cars around the church throughout the day sometimes and and I had this image and I was thinking about tribulation and what we go through. And you know the, the scriptures mean that tribulation is a, it's a time of intensified pressure and squeezing going on. And I was thinking about this a car like this. If you put this on the ground, or when you put it on the ground, the way it works is you have to pull it back. And when you pull it back, there's a little mechanism on the inside here that tenses up. And there's a buildup of pressure. And it looks like you're going, obviously, to the eye, you're going backward. You're not going forward. It looks like you're losing ground, but you're being pulled back. But all the while, it looks like you're losing initially, but really what's going on is a a setup for a, a launch. And I was thinking that I just had this image i 'm just this for you up here. i don't know if you can see this. I should have probably got a table, but i'm going to come up here and i'm going to, I hope this works now. <laughs> don't fail me now, little car. But if you put it on the ground and you go back all the while, you probably can't hear it, but there's a little bit of noise going on on the inside, which is what happens to a lot of us when things are pushing us and there's a, but what is going on? Not to the eye. There's, it's getting tight. There's a buildup. This is what tribulation like. It, it's like it feels like we're losing ground. But every thing that we're going through, the season that we're in, is just a buildup. There's going to come a release. Look at that. That worked really good. See, that's what the Lord has in store, I believe, for us in times like this. It feels, it doesn't feel good. It feels like we're being pushed back or we're losing ground. But there's a new day coming. The Bible said Joy comes in the morning. I don't know when that morning is coming, but whatever it is, it's going to be great. But we can't give up when there's a pushback or a pullback or a difficult time in our life. So in that time, what do we do? We get the peace of God because here's the promise. The promise is tribulation. The offer is peace. Now the choice is yours. And the other thing we got to do is persevere and just decide now. I'm going to stop complaining because that's a drag. I'm going to stop compromising because that's a drag. I'm going to stop quitting because that's a drag. And I'm going to purpose to fulfill the ministry that Jesus has called me to. Amen. Katie, could you come? Can we just, let's all stand together right now. Can we just bow our our heads and just kind of let this word kind of seep into our spirit just for a moment before we go out and enjoy the rest of the day? Already by the Holy Spirit there was a there was a word that came that said these are troubling times. These are troubled times. But trust me. That's essentially what this word is. You may be in a time of trouble right now. We know there's a great tribulation coming. We know that there may be a season of tribulation that we as a church are going to go through that we don't want to go through, but everybody in this room has some kind of troubling circumstance in your life, or you have been through that recently, and God has called us today to be, to be prepared, to be ready for what's coming. This isn't intended to scare us, but rather to equip us. Lord, I just pray for every one of us in this room right now. God, that you would so move upon our hearts today, and so move in our lives, God, that our our thinking changes about the, the life that we're living right now, the world that we're in, and the tribulations that we're facing. I pray, dear God, that today, we would receive the peace of God. If you need God's peace, could you just lift your hands to the Lord and like a vessel, just receive it. Just ask the Lord, Lord, come. Peace of God, come. And and guard my heart. Guard my mind. Lord, I've been anxious. I've been anxious about things. I've been anxious about my problems. I've been anxious about the world that i'm the world that we live in i've been anxious when i watch the news god i don't want to live in anxiety and troubledness in my spirit i want to be i want to live out of your peace god right now lord i pray that you would pour out your peace on your people right now let the peace of god come and settle in this place holy spirit come And I pray, God, right now, now, if you, need to, if you need to repent of complaining, of compromising, of quitting, right now is a good time to do it. Just say, Lord, I just reject this now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop my mouth from complaining about my society, about my world, about my problems. And I'm, I'm going to start confessing your word and believing your word and standing on your word right now in Jesus' name. Maybe you've compromised in your walk with Jesus in some areas. Right now would be a great time to just say, Lord, I'm going I'm to stand back up, I'm going to brush off that mistake, and I'm going to go forward right now in Jesus' name. No shame, no condemnation. Today is the day of the Lord. Live it out right now. I'm going to stand back up, and I'm going to keep going forward in Jesus' name. And I'm going to quit quitting, too. I've started and stopped so many times. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. Hallelujah. And Lord, I pray for everyone in this room who has a ministry, a calling upon their life. And I know, God, you have called every single one of us. I pray, God, that we would focus on the purpose that you have given to every one of us. In Jesus' name. Can I have the prayer uh, folks come up front and be prepared to pray for anyone that needs prayer today? They're going to come and be available to pray for you. If you need a healing touch or a ministry touch of the Holy Spirit in any way or just anything that you have going on in your life that you need prayer about, we invite you to come up here. And here's another thing I... I I just feel like, I felt impressed with this the other day. I felt like we were supposed to anoint people's ears to hear. I don't know if we have anointing of oil available. But if you need to hear from the Lord on anything, or maybe physical hearing. The other day, I just had this sense, and I forgot to get prepared for it here. But we're just going to fly by the seat of our britches. How about that? But I felt like the Lord wanted us to pray to anoint ears to hear the voice of the Lord. Now, if you need to hear from God, or maybe you have a physical hindrance in your ears and you need God to touch you, I believe we're going to pray for that too today. Amen? Come on, can I get a good amen out there? Father, bless your people. Can I just say this over every one of you? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and to be gracious to you and to give you peace. Hallelujah. Amen.